Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once, it's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Hey everybody, this week on the show, Raina and I sit down and have a conversation about early sobriety and early recovery. She asked me some questions about what to look for in a sponsor, how to know who's the right fit, and we just talk about some things that might be helpful to people in early recovery. It's just us, we sit down and have a conversation. Hope you enjoy it. What's up everybody? I'm Rex. I'm Raina. And tonight we are, or today, whatever, it's night now when we're recording. Uh, 6.13. Yep. Um, Raina's just going to ask me some questions about um, whatever. I don't know. She says that she's going to ask me questions like I was her sponsor. Um, Do you want to tell them why? Uh, Well, there's many reasons why. I had spoken about it briefly um, the podcast that we were on with Brett uh-huh. and uh, about where I'm at in recovery <clears throat> as an adult child. Uh, yeah, so I had spoken about, you know, I'm, I, I'm pretty early in my recovery and I haven't asked anyone to be a fellow traveler yet. I'm pretty nervous about that. I know I should just get over it. He's like, get over it. Um, but I'm sure like everyone working a program, right. And it's the same type of steps. So it's the same basic work. Um, yeah, I thought I would ask questions, you know, kind of in that vein and you could address them. However, you know, like as someone who worked the steps, as someone who's been a sponsor to people who've worked the steps, uh, you have a lot of experience on both ends (laughs) so um it you know and that one of the most one of the more beautiful things not most but more beautiful things about uh the the 12 steps are is the tradition that goes along with it with what you learn from different sponsors or each sponsor does things differently and in special ways and you get um, a multitude of perspectives mm -hmm. yeah so uh, you've gotten that too. Not only have you been sponsored once, but many times. So you, um, you have a you have a big well to draw from. And I like to uh, get different sponsors. Not that 
any of the ones that I had were doing anything wrong. I just, like I always had like one sponsor that was like my regular go-to guy. But then when I was ready to work the steps after like my second time, I'd be like, hey man, I'm gonna work the steps with such and such this time. And he'd be like, oh yeah, it's a great idea. You know, and uh, like the, the second time I had a service sponsor, which is when you learn about the traditions and the concepts, uh, I worked with two at the same time. I would meet with them both on the same day, an hour apart each week, but alternating. Who would go first? And he was a total new school, all-inclusive, doesn't matter whether you do drugs or alcohol, but we're still about singleness of purpose. And she was a, AA is about alcohol, we're all about singleness of purpose. Like she would have no problem like if someone started talking about drugs in a closed meeting, which she only went to closed meetings. Closed meetings that you have to identify as an alcoholic. Um, and uh, <laughs> she would be like, she would wait till they were done talking and then pull them aside and be like, you know, there are other programs that are more suited for your needs. Like she was a really hard line, but it gave me amazing perspective on two totally different schools of thought and they were really good friends. So it was really cool to, to do that. So yeah, it's uh, I, I do have some sponsorship experience, experience to draw so, upon. Like what would you, how, what would you, I, I, he's already answered this question for me. So I'm going to ask him again for you guys' benefit. Um, what would, what would you say? How, how do you determine who you should ask to be your sponsor? Um, or a fellow traveler. Right. Uh, I guess my, my first part of the answer would be it depends on your need. Like if you're still shaking, needing a drink or a shot of dope or uh, if you're on like the edge of like going insane because of your past and you feel like you're going to crack, then I would say ask the first person that you see that has a little bit of time even if it's just to be your temporary sponsor. Um, but if you're not in that situation and you have a little bit of time and you have a couple regular meetings that you go to, I would say look for someone who has what you want. And I don't mean like the car or the nice house or the hot girl or the hot dude or whatever, but uh, the person who doesn't seem to get ruffled. Or the person the character traits or the that, you're, that you're, looking you're looking for. for. Mm -hmm. Like when I first got sober the first time way back in 2006, uh, my first sponsor, a guy named Raymond, he uh, <coughs> he was super flighty. <clears throat> like uh, he was on time when he said he would be somewhere, but he was like uh, he was like the dude. He was like the big Lebowski, or he just uh, he was just all laid back and kind of a ex hippie. And he was just like, don't worry, man. You know, it's good. You're here. It's all that matters. You know, you're you're in the rooms. You're doing the work. It's all that matters. Um, and that's what I needed. I needed a cheerleader. I needed somebody who, because I was bad. I was really bad. So, like, I had absolutely no belief in myself that I could do this. I had no concept of a higher power other than this 
domineering old man who sat on the throne in the sky and like cast judgment on everything I thought about. Um, thanks, Catholic Church. Um, but uh, I needed somebody who was like, no, nah, man, you got this. You're good. You know, like, fine. And he was the guy. You know, that was the character traits that I was looking for. But he also had, this was in 2006. The main thing that I was looking for was somebody who had years. Like, I couldn't put together days. So, I wanted somebody who wasn't a relapser, wasn't in and out. No offense to anybody who, who does. I was a relapser. I was in and out. Um, which is why that's not what I wanted. I wanted somebody who got it the first time, and that was Raymond. Raymond was a crazy alcoholic drug addict who used to have sex with holes in drywall. He'd get so drunk. <laughs> uh, oh, boy. <laughs> and that was by the time he was 19 years old. 19. 19. Wow. Um, he had shakes, went through DTs. Like He was a for real alcoholic. And this was... Uh, from like 1971 when he was 11 years old to 1979 when he turned 19. And so in 2006, here's this totally... Cycle. Yeah, absolutely. Plus. Uh, so he did, he did all that. And I'm going to... I'll Like he's telling the craziest stories. Uh, craziest stories. Like this whole drywall thing. And I didn't understand why, but we'll get to that later when we talk. If we talk about step work, um, we'll, we'll get to the crazy things that he used to tell me that, like, I thought were completely inappropriate to tell somebody you just met. Like, like, why are you telling me that? You're you know what I mean? Yeah, Bring absolutely. I totally thought he was oversharing. <laughs> but so he had time. He was chill, my kind of guy. Like he's like a stoner without weed. Uh, he had a good-looking girlfriend. He had an awesome business. He drove a cool car. So he had everything I wanted. And uh, so that's how I chose. Um, but then there's guys, there's people who, like the first guy that asked me to sponsor, this guy Rourke, I'm like three months. I just completed the steps, except for my ninth step, but it was ongoing. I was you know, actively making amends when I could, when they arose, or opportunity presented itself. And uh, he asked me, and I was like, hold on, man, let me, let me call my sponsor. And I called Raven, and I'm like, hey, man, like, how do I know when I'm supposed to sponsor somebody? And he was like, why? Who asked you? Say yes. <laughs> and I'm like, but, and he's like, there's no but. <clears throat> I was like, what can I tell this dude? He's like, how long does he have? I was like, I don't know, two, three days? He's like, yeah, you got three months. He thinks you're a miracle. He doesn't understand. He wants what you you're have. You're a sobriety god. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Because he's, I was like, he's like, why did he ask you? And I was like, well, I spoke at the meeting tonight. He's like, so you spoke, he heard, he related, and now he's asking. He was like, recovery, unity, service. He was like, he found the unit, union. He's asking you for the service so that he can find recovery. He was like, whatever he asks you, you know the answer. And if you don't, come to me. We'll ask you. You can ask me. And if, and if I don't know, we'll go ask my sponsor. And his sponsor was this guy, Jerry. I'm not going to say his last initial because that's kind of not anonymous. Um, 
but he was like had been sober since like 1963. New Bill Wilson, like new, like all the old timers, like the original people, you know. And uh, so I was like, okay. And I was like, sure, man, I'll be your sponsor, you know. And he stayed sober when I relapsed. Not that that had anything to do with me. I'm just saying, like he he did great. Good job, Rourke. Good job, Rourke. Um, Good job, Rourke. Good job, Rourke. <laughs> Good job, Rourke. Uh, but, uh, See, and uh, what can, I just, can I yeah, pipe huh? up just for one second? Like, yeah, it, don't they say that, um, they say that in order, well, in AA, I guess, this is in AA literature, I'll say, but I have read this, that um, relapse is like one of the key components of true alcoholism right right that if there isn't an element of relapse then you aren't really having that hard of a time with it right now that the, it does talk about i mean not to those make people anybody who feel never, bad either way i'm yeah, just yeah, yeah, saying yeah, yeah. I, it know, is we, we try to for, we're going to try to be pretty frank yeah. when we speak you know for most i would say for most alcoholics most addicts relapse is absolutely in there because I don't know anybody. That's not true. I know some people from Young People's AA um, who got sober and stayed sober their first time. But and no offense to them, <clears throat> I am not able to determine whether anybody's an alcoholic, an addict, or anything. Yeah, but and I'm not. The book I'm not... does talk about. Problem drinkers, heavy drinkers, alcoholics. The book, the original literature, the original 12-step literature makes the distinction between problem drinkers, heavy drinkers, and alcoholics. But it also says that most heavy and problem drinkers, if not curtailed, will become alcoholic. So... Those heavy problem drinkers that I know who got sober when they were young because they saw what was coming. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I have a friend. Um, I told you about her. She was like my little sister. Her dad, super bad alcoholic, who fortunately got sober and wasn't just dry. He was actually a very sober, well-together uh, alcoholic who didn't use recovery. He used religion. Um, he got really into the, his faith, which works, absolutely was, works. That was his recovery. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. Um, but, so she <laughs> definitely had that monster gene. You know what I mean? Um, her mom had been a real heavy user in the 70s and 80s. Um, she, her mom thinks that she probably was addicted to cocaine. Um, so, like, the potential is there. And at 17 years old, she found herself... Drinking to blackout every night, doing crazy amounts of cocaine with men who had no business giving a 16, 15, 17-year-old girl cocaine or drinks or attention or anything else, you fucking creeps. Yeah, no um, good intentions. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? So it was like her brother, who was a partier, <laughs> and he's definitely an alcoholic, who was like, hey, <laughs> maybe you should look at what you're doing. And she was like, Wow. Like, if he's saying that, then maybe I should look at what I'm doing. And she did. And she realized, she tried to stop. And she was tempted so much 
that she just started hanging out at the detox for me and the guys that I got sober with hung out. That's how I met her. And to my knowledge, uh, she's still clean and sober. You know, I haven't talked to her in a few years, but I mean, everything was amazing. I can't imagine that she'd have been like, oh, I should drink. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But, uh, I think true, like, the kind of alcoholism, the kind of addiction that puts you in detox, puts you in treatment, there are very few people who are one-shot, one-kill recovery. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, so I absolutely believe that relapse is a key, not necessarily a key component, but it like an element for sure. An element for sure, because it's that it's what drives it home. You know what I mean? Like uh, Bill talks about um, finding ourselves chilling. We're just chilling in the hotel lobby, and next thing you know, we're two drinks in. Like what the fuck? Pounding on the bar. You know how did this happen again? Because without healing, without, and I don't. <laughs> So we talked possibly about talking about beyond twelve steps tonight. This is going to that's going to be a whole episode of its own. That whole may episode be a of its series own. of episodes. Yes, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it may be a series because there are some people uh, uh, that I follow on Instagram and social media that I would like to have on here who are not twelve step recovery people, and they are thriving, doing so good. Um, so. And that's something that needs to be put out there. Like every available option, yes. every viable option, people need to know about. <laughs> yeah. Um, but there's all kinds of things out there for people. There's just church. There's synagogue. There's people who just decide that that life isn't for them anymore. And they stop and they... Take up woodworking or... Yeah. You know. Watch more TV or... or take the time that they were using for drinking and drugging and devote it to their family, you know? Uh, so, but I think for myself and for those who are like me who found that AA or NA or 12-step recovery, I actually really... Um, I really enjoyed HA, Heroin Anonymous, because it's focused on heroin, but it works out of the Alcoholics Anonymous Big Book, which is because I got sober the first time in AA, but it wasn't quite what I needed, and I ended up going and relapsing. Um, Cocaine Anonymous is another good program that works out of the AA 12-step Big Book. Which, if you are in a program and you keep relapsing, you might be in the wrong program. Like yeah, I yeah. know, I know an alcoholic who couldn't get clean until she was in ACA, couldn't stay clean until she was in ACA. So until she went a level deeper, she, absolutely, it was more about emotional sobriety than actually the drinking or drugging. Which, um, <clears throat> for those who are a history buffs or 12 step history buffs like I am, cause I want to know all about what I'm doing. All my friends are like, oh, dude, you're joining a cult. And I'm like, yeah, probably, but they want good things for me. So, 
They don't want any more They're money. They're happy cults. Yeah, they don't want money from me <laughs> except what I'm willing cults. to put in that basket so that we can keep having coffee and coins at the meeting to give out literature. You know what I'm saying? Like, so that's like they, they said to me, like, you're being brainwashed. And I'm like, my brain can definitely use a good washing. You know what I mean? After 27 years of pollutants. Mm -hmm. um, but so I worked the steps and I read the book. Um, I consumed the book. I, at one point, could almost 100% by memory recite the first 163 pages. Um, and it says, it, it says, more will be revealed. The longer we do the work, the more we keep coming back, the deeper we go, more will be revealed. But then the only thing it says what's to be done with this more will be revealed is to pray about it. Give it up to God. I'm an action kind of guy. You know what I mean? I'm not the kind of person to sit and wait for things to happen. I go out and I make things happen. You know, um, I've said it before. I'll say it again. It's one of my total absolute core beliefs is that faith can move mountains, but you better bring a shovel. You know, God helps those who help themselves. Um, well, and if you, why wouldn't you start moving towards? When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Life is full of awesome what-ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. What you and faith right. believe is coming. Right. Um, and I'm trying to have a better life for myself. I'm trying to change the way I think. I'm trying not to put a needle in my arm anymore. I'm trying not to be self-destructive anymore. Um, I'm trying to learn how to feel. Uh, so now I'm feeling, right? So I have all this childhood trauma. Um, 
sexual assault, sexual molestation, physical beatings, uh, total psychological warfare. I'm fat, I'm stupid, I'm ugly, I'm a piece of shit, I'm never gonna be nothing but a junkie ex-con like my real father, yada, yada, yada. Uh, it's all coming back, right? It's not because the fog is lifting. Because you gotta remember, like. So in case you guys are missing it, he's kind of talking about what is happening for him within the process of doing the work of the steps. Yes. Um, the evolution of like what emotionally, spiritually was going on for him. Right, because like the first time I did the steps, it was real quick. Uh, Raymond was all about AA boot camp. Like, let's not fuck around. You weren't fucking around when you were getting high and when you were drinking, so don't fuck around with your sobriety. And uh, so I was like, that makes absolute perfect sense to me. Yeah, like you, you were know to put I mean? as much energy into and Yeah. I had hang-ups. I had hang-ups uh, about the whole God thing when I first came in. You know, every, like, almost every single person that I've worked with, and maybe it's because I share about this often, but they are always like, oh man, I kind of feel the same way you did about God. Like, I really not, don't think the whole God thing. You know, so then I tell them, you know, because I came to this to myself. When So, okay, so when I first started doing the steps, <clears throat> Raymond, okay, so what, funny story. Can I tell the story real quick? Yeah. Um, I checked, I went to my parole officer, I checked myself into detox. He was cool. He could have totally sent me back to prison because this is back 2006 when hot UAs for opiates and cocaine and stuff was still an absolute returnable, you could do the rest of your time on parole offense. So I go to him and I just laid myself bare. Told him, this is what I'm doing. This is where I've been going. This is why I'm losing so much weight. Uh, because I had had my, I had been doctoring paperwork with copied and pasted hospital letterhead and stuff. I had my parole officer and my job convinced that I had a tumor somewhere in my esophagus on the diaphragm. I don't even know what that is. Nobody knows what the diaphragm is. I know what the stuff. diaphragm is. Okay. Lots of people know what the diaphragm is. In your stomach? It's above your stomach. Okay, so I, I told him I told him that I had a tumor there and that it caused me to puke. I couldn't hold food down. That's why I was losing so much weight. That's actually a I mean, it seems like a pretty It absolutely lie. does, especially yeah. when you have paperwork. <laughs> yeah, with real oncologists, because like I did my research. I looked up the doctors, I was like, okay, and it's terrible. I'm a terrible human being. I was a terrible human being. Not anymore. But um so I, I just well, laid it's it all. Just, it's amazing what the mind will do, right? The level, right? Yeah. The insanity what that. What we'll go to to right. try to maintain this yes. fucked up thing we're doing. Yes. To make it keep being okay. Yeah. It's to just more denial. Justify. Yeah. And then, like, the funny thing is, is, like, I almost believed it. Like, I'd be fine, and then I'd get these stomach cramps. Until I got high. And like, it's weird. Like, it wasn't dope sick. It was like, I could be well, but not high. And then I'd get these like weird, sharp pains in my stomach. Like, I was like totally psychosomatic lying to myself. Because I was like a method actor. I was immersed in this role of this. Because I was seeing my pro officer like twice a week. Because I was on angle monitor. 
Oh, and this whole time that I'm shooting dope and partying with underage people and stuff, I literally live nine blocks from the plural office. There's parts of the story that are so funny, you guys, like... So, I go to him, I lay my soul bare. Um, He tells me to go home at first. He's like, alright, I'm gonna make some phone calls, da-da-da-da. So I go home, they show up at my house, boom. Search. (laughs) Man, they find a bunch of stuff. They find needles, alcohol, weed, some uh, dirty wrappers that had heroin residue on them. And he tells me, oh, <laughs> he's got me sitting in this chair. I'm handcuffed in this little metal folding chair that we had in our living room. And uh, he comes over and he uncuffs me. He's like, it's six o'clock right now. I just got off the phone with the Ark in Boulder. You have until 9 p.m. to be there. If you are one second late, he holds up this bag of contraband in a biohazard bag. And he's like, this gets this goes to the DA. Like before they were even out of the driveway, I was walking to the bus stop. It's only a 45 minute bus right away, but I wasn't chancing it. And uh, so I end up at the detox and I want to leave. Two days in, I'm so dope sick because I was doing about two and a half grams of heroin a day, about a gram or two of coke a day, and uh, drinking every night. My roommates were drinkers, so of course, every night after work, woohoo, what's up? Let's drink. And uh, whiskey and heroin, that's an awesome combination, let me tell you. It gets you good and sick. And uh, so I wanted to leave, and this guy who was in there, on, or he was, he was just hanging out during the day, he was like there for outpatient treatment. He gave me an 800 milligram Seroquel, and I ate it. The whole thing, which if you're not used to taking Seroquel, like they start you off at like 25 to 50 milligrams to start. That's like 800 milligrams. I do not remember the next three days, but apparently I was, they just chalked it up to me being dope sick. Like, cause it came got my vitals, like I ate, Threw it up, but I ate. I was using the restroom. I wasn't like defecating or peeing on myself, which is surprising because um, I normally do that back then. <laughs> Used, couldn't make it. But about, th- I come out of the fog about four days in and I got this business card with a smiley face on it. It says, call anytime, Raymond. And I'm like, I'm thinking I met a new drug dealer. <laughs> so I tear it up, throw it away. I wake up the next morning because I'm still Seroquel hungover and there's two more of them stuck into the little bulletin board, cork board next to my bed and I'm like, what the hell? And uh, so this is like five o'clock in the morning. Well, I guess he's getting off work because he was, uh, I come to find out later, he was the nighttime janitor at the mental health complex in Boulder, Colorado. But I didn't know this and Raymond's very metro, uh, very highlights in his hair, uh, like Armani. He wore Armani like shirts and like Prada jeans with like $400 floor shine shoes to buff the floors at the mental health building in the Ark. But that's just how he was. He went without for so long that once he finally made it, him and his lady go to New York twice a year. 
they shop and uh they go to Milan every five years you know what I mean but uh he comes up and I, I gotta be honest I thought he was gay I thought he was hitting on me because he's like hey buddy how you doing and he's like rubbing my arm and I'm like what's up I was like he's like Raymond I was like oh oh Raymond <laughs> so in my mind I'm like oh not a drug dealer he likes me which it's cool. It's fine. It's just not my thing, right? And uh, <laughs> so he's like, "Hey, I'll see you tonight." And he like squeezes my elbow, and I'm like, "Ah." Oh. I'm like, "Okay, well, I guess I'll just tell him." You know, tonight when I see him, that I'm straight. I appreciate the. <sighs> he comes. So I, at this point, the Seroquel's wore off. So now I can't sleep. I'm like restless leg syndrome. You know, pacing, but. It's a detox. So 24 hours a day, there's a TV room. You know what I mean? There's a smoking area. This is back when you can still smoke in detoxes. And I still smoke. And uh, he came with the big book. And he sat with me for four hours on his night off from 2 o'clock in the morning till 6 o'clock in the morning. Reading the big book to me. And we got all the way to chapter 5. And every time I had a question, he answered it. And every time we came to a question in the book, we answered it. Like, he read the book to me while I read along. And like, I'm thinking to myself, like, this is the most retarded thing ever. Anytime I'd get to some weird thing and he'd be like, ha ha, uh, some crazy story. Like the first night he's telling me that he tried to have sex with a hole in the drywall that he punched because he was blacked out and his friends thought it was hilarious and got a Polaroid. And like, I'm like, why is this guy telling me this? And it's because when we got to chapter five, how it works. He was like, you've heard this part before, right? I'm like, yeah, I've been to a lot of AA, AA meetings. I've heard this part. So we read chapter five and then we get to the end. There's an A, B, and a C. And then it goes on and it says, it talks a little bit. And then it comes to the third step prayer. And we got there. And he looked at me and he was like, do you believe that you're an alcoholic addict? And I was like, absolutely. He was like, do you believe that your life is powerless and unmanageable? Do your, that your life is unmanageable and you're powerless over drugs and alcohol? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, do you believe that a higher power can return you to sanity? And I said, well, I don't know if I ever was sane. I was like, but I'm willing to believe in the possibility. So he was like, why? And this is what I tell people who struggle with God. I said, well, I said, if a God is something that you devote your life to and you worship and you're devout and you always return to in the hard times, I said, well, then heroin's been my God since 1986. And I said, if I'm willing to believe in the power of it, that it could give me what I needed, and it's a completely malevolent force, I said, then there has to be a benevolent force that's willing to at least help me along and help me get to where I want to be. That's at least equal. Right. So he was like, that's really well put. He's like, are you willing to take the third step prayer with me? And I did. And then he handed me a notebook and a pack of pens. And he said, cool, you leave for rehab day after tomorrow. He said, I expect your fourth step to be done by the time you get back. 
And I said, hold on, man. I said, this is a 14-day super intense residential treatment program. He's like, I know. He's like, so you're not going to have much time to waste. And I did it. But that was like the sponsorship that I needed. You know what I'm saying? So, but that's how I sponsor now and always have since. Like, I don't fuck around. There are, I tell guys, I give them, give them a book if they don't have one. The first assignment is... I'm probably driving him nuts then, you guys, because I have been very circum-navigating. Well, no, but you and I, though, like, I think the reason that we work so well, and you you think this too, we've talked about it, is because of how opposite we are, but so similar. Mm -hmm. So, like, that's how I am. Like, she gives me shit when I talk to my body, like... I yell at my body like, oh, you're going to do it. And I force it. Where like you, you talk gently and kindly to your body. Like you're very gentle. I'm not. I'm very abrasive and very rough. And, but I mean, I grew up on the streets of New Jersey. You know I mean? Fighting was something that was just ingrained. Shit talking, fighting. You know what I mean? Like it's just, we didn't. So, I mean, we're kind of also circling back to, like, what what you need to look for in a sponsor. You need to find something that you resonate to. Yep. And uh, even though he was totally the dude in life, he was fucking Walter when it came to sponsoring. Like, he, he didn't fuck around. But his Vietnam was drinking. You know what I mean? Like, shout out to the Big Lebowski. Ah. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> but he, he didn't mess around. You know what I mean? And that's what I needed. I needed somebody who took his life not real serious, but who took his recovery the most serious. It was the number one thing in his life. And it was for mine for a while. Until <clears throat> I was about two or three years in, working the steps for about the third or fourth time, And um, I wasn't able to let it go. God wasn't taking it away. Um, I was giving it up to God and God was receiving it and being like, cool, what are you going to do with it? How are you going to change it? How are you going to fix it? And I had no fucking idea. So I'm going to my sponsors, the hardcore ones, the, the, the easy breezy ones, people in recovery, people out of recovery, seeing therapists, and I wasn't willing to sit with my shadow. I wasn't willing to do the shadow work, and I wasn't willing to go back and look at my trauma and sit with it, and I didn't know how to do any of this. And feel it. And feel it. I didn't know how. Mm -hmm. It's not that I I didn't want to or I couldn't. I didn't know how. And the people that I was working with didn't know what to tell me. They didn't have any advice for me. Um, So I think ultimately that's what led to my relapse. My string of relapses over a year and a half, which ultimately led to my final overdose. Um, but, um, that's a whole other story. So what's the, what's the answer that you found to that now? 
What change? Uh, I decided to stop digging. Um, people talk about hitting bottom. <laughs> I never found one. I never found a bottom. I found the bottom of a spoon, bottom of bottles, bottom of jail cells. I found the bottom of my heart. Yeah, I found the bottom of my heart. But I never found the bottom of my addiction. And if you read my book or you listen to my story long enough, you're gonna hear some fucked up things. Some terrible things that like any normal person, any most normal addicts and alcoholics would have been like, whoa, this is enough. Not me. I, uh, it wasn't until I was willing, I guess, to let go completely, to let go of this life that it was finally taken away. Um, but even then it wasn't taken away because I did the work. I journaled like a madman. I went to... It, it still could have been like that ultimate and surrender that you were just like, I fucking give, man. Yeah. Like, I don't know how else to wave the fucking white flag for you, man. I'm done. Yeah. You know? And that's, that's <clears throat> ultimately, I think, what it was. You know, uh, I had heard all through sobriety and you hear it in the rooms, you gotta surrender to win. I didn't really understand what that meant. Like, even though I'd said that prayer, that third step prayer, a thousand times with sponsees in meetings on my own, just repeating it on days that I really, really, really wanted to get high as a mantra. There's the slogan of um, 90 meetings in 90 days and or for ACA, um, 60 meetings in 90 days. Um, so that's our show for this week, y'all. Um, Thank you so much, you guys, for coming back and for coming for the first time, yeah. visiting us, sharing your time with us. Hope you enjoyed. Hope you follow. Hit that notification button for when new episodes drop. Um, Check us out at our website, nolovepodcast.com. Leave a comment, leave a suggestion for a topic that you'd like to hear us talk about. Um, if you would like to be a guest on the show, you can contact us through there on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, whatever. I will leave all of that in the show notes. Um, yeah, so thanks for being here. I'm Rex. I'm Raina. Talk to you next time. Hey everybody, thanks for joining us. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Hope you enjoyed the show. Just want to say if you or anyone you know is in need of help, please feel free to contact us at nolovepodcast.com or follow any of the links in the show notes. There is help. You're not alone. There is hope. If I can do it, anybody can do it. All you have to do is pick up the phone or click that link. Namaste. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.